Broadcasting live on a Studio E in Los Angeles, California. You are tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio talk show. So glad that you're with us broadcasting here. And then the whole concept of the show is to bring you uh, to a new level of awareness. We're going to be talking to James Smitty Smith in a second, uh, the TV host of the show InThisCorner.com, about a myriad of things, and including the recent craziness in the world of sports, specifically the NFL with Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, and more. And we'll also be talking about achieving your greatest goals in life with Smitty. Here for the past 24 years, bringing you the information to help you change your life. Proud to be part of the iHeart Premier Clear Channel Radio Network. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. Text us during the show, as I know many of you love to do, 941-266-7676, So this is uh, this like kind of a, of, of, a, of a turnabout tonight when we invited... Smitty to come on the show, the thought really was to talk about all these amazing people that he interviews uh, over the last 10 years in radio, 20 years or 10 years in television, 20 years in radio, the Mike Tysons, the, the Sylvester Stallone, the George Frazers, uh, Robert De Niro, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Muhammad Ali, etc. We are going to talk to him just about goal setting. And then it just popped into my head. With the insanity that we've been seeing, with the Ray Rice uh, knocking out his uh, his his wife, uh, Adrian Peterson, being now suspended for beating his four year old son, uh, you know, is is this something that is coming directly as a result of their background, their upbringing? Is it arrogance? Is it entitlement? That when we make X amount of dollars in society, we feel that the rules don't apply to us? Is it a combination of both? Is is it does it run one side heavier than the other? I mean, can we actually say that the reason Ray Rice did it was because he saw his father knock his mother out and it was okay, or is it more like yeah he made might have had a tough upbringing, but the arrogance that comes along with the money and the success and there's many more athletes. Uh, that we could talk about, we're not going to, that we could, that, that now are underneath the microscope for things like this. And who better to ask these questions than the man who has been interviewing these star athletes and more for the past 30 years combined, James Smitty Smith, again, host of the show In This Corner TV. Smitty, welcome back to the program. Man, great to be with you. I thought we are going to talk about motivation and goals, and, and now you're getting me into this. And it is chaos right now. I'm almost ashamed <laughs> Um, I think I would be if I was doing a regular generic sports talk show like I was back when you, you know, met me. And, and, and of course, we were always one step ahead of covering all of these things that were going on in sport because I was always a big believer that whatever's going on in society permeates into the world of sport. And it's a very mixed bag, but I'll just let you fire away specific questions and uh, I'll give you my opinion. There's nobody that can fire me or... Because I, 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 I'm my own boss, so go ahead. <laughs> Amen, Smitty. So you know, one of the things that I, you know, as I follow the, the different um, accusations and people being suspended for games and suspended indefinitely and all this, I, the question from my world of counseling is, 
is this is this mainly due to arrogance and entitlement and what comes with wealth? I mean, it's not just the world of sports, but people that 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 all of a sudden come upon large amounts of income have a tendency to believe that they can get away with things that the rest of society um, w- would be punished by. Do you think, Smitty, in the case of Ray Rice specifically, we'll just talk about him. Adrian Peterson could be different. That that you know his belief is that I can do what I want. She's my woman, and the, and and no one can really get in my way look at the money i make look at the position i hold tell me your thoughts yeah, on that you know it's interesting and i actually my ex-wife kim who you know quite well was actually doing my hair today actually it was probably mm. pretty damn dangerous to be co- touching on this <laughs> subject with with her cutting around my ears but <laughs> right. she, we were talking about this and you know and we we both had different opinions and sort of came to one conclusion and I don't know that Ray Rice has any history of anything like this, and I believe because I know a lot of guys who are heavy-handed uh, with with women, and they all seem to have a history of it. You know, I mean, it, it, you, you can find that history. It's not a one-time type thing, and usually they can't uh, rid themselves of it uh, in, without getting help. I don't know. I, I don't know if this was a isolated incident of two of a couple being drunk, getting into an elevator. One thing led to another, and you know she comes forward, and he. Th- I hope he wasn't throwing a fist. I really hope it. I I, I tried to actually. I didn't even want to see it because it kind of made me sick when a dude hits a a woman. Yeah. But whatever yeah. happened, here's w- what I think. I think it should be handled between them, and if it gets into the law, the law. The NFL is only concerned about the court of public opinion. They don't give a damn about Ray and his and his wife and, and the others. They care about the court of public opinion and sponsorship and, and, and looking right, not necessarily doing right. They cannot police everybody. I know it's a right, it's a privilege to play in the National Football League and not a right, but I really believe that, and I'm so sick and so disgusted with all the pious sportscasters and writers going on there uh, whether it be the Ray Rice thing, or you mentioned it, and acting like, how dare them? I mean, do they not have any skeletons in their closet? And if you don't, and if you don't, then you haven't lived much of a life. I, I, I've never put my hands on, you know, on, I've never hit a woman, ever. Uh, but there have been times in my 26-year ma- marriage where things got a little rough and uh, around the edges, and we tried to settle it our- ourselves. So I, I think, David, in some ways they're isolated incidents. The only thing I'll tie into it, in my opinion, is in a violent sport like football, it's very difficult to do it you know, seven days a week. And if there's things you're taking, like steroids, and I'm not saying Ray was taking steroids, but supplements and, and just the game itself, it's very difficult to come home and turn it off. It's very difficult for prize fighters to get out of, you know, uh, sparring every day and then fighting. And then it's difficult, I mean, to fit into society when you live, you know, 85% of your life is, is semi-violent. People don't understand that. Yeah, it's very that. violent. Right, right. Hey, let, let me go back to someone that you know very well, Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. He, he spent time in prison yeah. uh, for the abuse of a woman. In, in that case, knowing Mike Tyson at the level that you do, is that arrogance and entitlement? Is that someone who has made that amount of money and has that position in society that feels that they can do whatever they want to a woman, however they want? Or do you think that is more of an environmentally learned thing with Mike Tyson, where he may have grown up seeing a man that did not respect women and he just decided as, as a human being, whether he had the money or not, he wasn't going the to latter. respect. Mike Tyson was going to do what he did to people and women women 
with or without Don King, with or without uh, heavyweight championship belts, with or without he was just going to be Mike Tyson. If anything, boxing, if anything, probably saved Mike Tyson because the safest place for Mike was always within the squared circle, and somehow he survived all the chaos. To this day, Mike's a ticking time bomb. He was just on a on a show in Canada where uh, the reporter challenged him and called him yes. a convicted rapist. And Mike, I I I, I loved it because I I was just saying, uh, this is this guy nuts to ask Mike this question on a on a talk show because uh, you know I I, I would have been able to talk to Mike and but I would have known how how to frame the question. Uh, you know, to Mike Tyson, but yes. Mike was going to be that way anyway. And, and again, some of the things that made him so great inside the squared circle would be his demise outside of, you know, the squared circle. Uh, but Mike, the one thing that Mike's got going for him right now is, is he has an understanding that he has a serious problem and will always have that problem if, unless he keeps it in check. He knows it. He knows he's an addict, uh, you know, of violence. He's addicted to right. violence, and he has that right. type uh, of behavior. But at, at least he understands it. We're coming back with James Smitty Smith, host of the 10-year, the, the number one boxing television show in the world, In This Corner TV. Go to InThisCornerTV.com for more information. We're going to come back and talk more about this whole... God, it's almost like this epidemic that's coming to the surface. And I'm also going to bring up the Adrian Peterson uh, incident with his four-year-old son. We're talking to James Smitty Smith. I'm David Essel. The website, talkdavid.com. Stay right there. Watch, let's stop time and enjoy this moment, darling. One day, while my light is glowing, I'll be in my castle golden. You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California, as we do every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, celebrating 24 years on the air, rocking this world. Don't forget that this very interview with James Smitty Smith, a host, television host of the show In This Corner TV for the past 10 years, will be on our website uh, archived at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time tonight. If you have friends and family members that are interested in the world of sports, that are interested in the world of what's going on right now with how athletes are reacting to their power, to their prestige, to maybe the environment that they grew up in, let them know that the show is going to be up there as well. And then in a little bit, we're going to get to some of the key components of goal achievement. Smitty, let, let's go to Adrian Peterson. I did not see the segment of what happened to his four-year-old. Did you? Yeah, well, let me just say, you just said touched on something. When we examine this, and this is what should be talked about, you know, you mentioned the upbringing. When we're talking athletes, steroids, uh, mm -hmm. other pain-relieving drugs that so many of these guys are on, Head injuries, we have found, and I'm not making damn excuses, I'm just saying these are facts that play in head injuries, the violent nature of their particular sport, entitlement, 
from what they do and the, all through high school and life in general, what goes on in society permeates into the world of sports. But in some of these cases, some of these things I'm bringing up, I know of cases where guys have gone into steroid rages, and I think it's what happened uh, you know, with Chris Benoit when he killed him himself and his family, the right. former WCW sure. wrestler who I always knew was a, a head case. I've seen head injuries. I think head injuries, we know that they've caused uh, former football players to commit suicide. Look, this isn't new. Jim Brown you know, was known for roughing up women. Uh, there's a guy named O.J. Simpson, and although he didn't get convicted, I think he may have done some damage to a few ladies, including one, you know, Nicole Brown Simpson. So right. was it the head injuries, or is it was just O.J. a nut? I think, honestly, it's such a mixed bag, and, it, and it's very difficult to pin it down to one thing, but I think that's why we have to understand all of these things. Right. Uh, it, the Adrian Peterson thing, Again, talking to uh, my ex-wife, Kim, about it today. Uh, damn it, I had a few switches on me, and I deserved it uh, when I was a little kid. In fact, my mother used to make me go get the switch, and I'd come back with a little baby. She said, that's not what I mean. I mean the one right over there. You know, so getting whacked around on the leg, I don't, I don't know the whole story, David, but if it's a thing where he, he switched the kid and there was a couple of marks, I got to tell you, brother, I'm old school. I have no problem with that. And I know in the black community, because I was you, in, raised in such a mixed community, and I know you know about this. I mean, that's sure. kind of common to switch a kid, and it usually it was meant to leave a mark. So I'm one that I'm not a good one to ask on that. If he didn't put his hands, if he switched the kid and the kid, you know, uh, I hate to say it there. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people flipping off their radios. Now, I don't have any problem with that at all. If there was no permanent damage and there was a couple of little marks, that's all I know about that story. And I think it's ridiculous. I remember interviewing Ernest Graham, the former Tampa Bay Buck running back. And he, yeah, he was played raised... in Fort Myers, right? He played in Abs- Fort Myers with my kid, with my son. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, you know, it's funny when I, when we interviewed him, we had him on several times on the show, Smitty. And he, here's a guy that came from an environment where every male role model, brothers, fathers, aunts, uncles, etc., were all in jail. Uh, drugs, robbing, killing, etc. He had seen his mom beaten by every man that she had ever dated. And if you want to talk about someone, that, and you know, he plays in the NFL. When he went into the NFL, he took his money and put it aside. He comes out of it, he forms his own insurance company, does a bunch of other things. He is the most level and grounded yeah. man you'll ever interview in your life. And if you look at someone whose environment and whose size and who and you know and his attitude on the football field was he was he was just a, you know a, a monster on the football field. And you look at all of this and you know, here's a guy that you would think grew up next to David Essel in an all white suburbia. Yeah, I mean, you know, and 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 again, and 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 there's a lot more good guys. I I was a ball boy for the Dolphins uh, that went 17 and 0, as you know, and I played high school football for for four years at Carroll City, and then I played two years in Minnesota before I was too small, and then I then I took the smart route and went into pugilism. Right, really, really. But I got to <laughs> tell you something. You know what? If I had a, if Justin Bieber was my kid, I would switch him. 
<laughs> I mean, I okay. just so I think I think I think yeah. we've gone crazy with this with this whole thing. I think the National Football League, and I'm I, really David. I'm really ashamed of the other announcers. I'm not a TMZ type of reporter. I don't think I would have the level of respect with the fighters and all the great athletes that I've interviewed over the wor- over the course of time. Uh, if I had taken everything they said or every moment in time and ran on the air with it, uh, like the ground feeding, uh, you know, uh, ambulance chasing TMZ, I- I'm not that type of reporter. I know you're not. Uh, I mean, you're the most positive guy in the world. Uh, but I do think all of these things need to be examined. But I, I think yeah. there is a time. I think Ray Rice and his wife, him and Ray and his wife, and with the help of somebody like you. And maybe if, if the authorities need to get involved, so be it. But you know what? I, I just don't think the National Football League can police that type of situation. I just don't. They can, they can do whatever they can do to give seminars and help young men understand certain things. But that, you know, I mean, Ray Rice is a big boy. And, he, and he, right. by the time you get into professional football, you should know at five years old you don't put your hands on a woman, you know? Yeah, and and hopefully, you know, and again, Smitty, you and I are similar in that I'm not here to judge Ray Rice or Adrian Peterson or Mike Tyson or anyone. I I like it as a discussion to see, like, what are the ultimate causes of these things so that let's say that there's some parents of some young athletes listening to the show right now, or we we even have some 12- and 14-year-olds that listen to the show. So if they're listening and they're hearing, you know, that entitlement could be, you know, money, uh, the environment could all be reasons why someone either does really good stuff in this world or it could be reasons why people make decisions to do not so great stuff it is within our control within and you our know power. what you know like just like you know winston the kid the heisman trophy winner for florida state who was suspended the first half of the game you know he keeps making the same mistakes and you know if everybody would just sometimes when you're in a situation just like the great fighters in the eye of the storm they maybe cover up and and they think and they take a big deep breath if people would just write things down before they do it and look at it and read it out loud i think so many of these silly things just wouldn't it just take that big deep breath the thing i do now when i'm ready to you know make a mistake if i'm out walking with the coyotes and i say boy i'd like to go pet that coyote and i just stop and say <laughs> you know maybe i should not get any closer than I am right now. <laughs> Amen to that. We're talking to James Smitty Smith, the website, in this corner TV.com. Smitty, we've just got about a minute left, and then when we come back, we're going to actually talk about the purpose that I had you originally coming on the show. <laughs> And that is talking about we're going to talk, we're going to find out from Smitty when when he looks back at all these athletes that he's interviewed, like what ones knew at two or four or six or eight years of age that boxing was going to be their choice. Who came in late? I remember and Smitty knows all this more than I, but I think it was Kenny Norton. Wasn't he a guy that came out of the Navy or something, Smitty, as a boxer? Yeah. Yeah. was in the Navy. He just died a year or so ago. We did one of the final you know shows with him and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He came in yeah. late. And and, uh, and did pretty well. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Creating goals, you know. Yeah, and so when we come back from this break, we're going to go in and talk to Smitty about the different people that he's interviewed and 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 the different ways they got into the world of athletics and boxing. Some of them right from the get go. I remember seeing a video on YouTube of some little four year old. Who and they were doing this boxing with, and this kid was faster than heck at four years of age. It was this amazing little YouTube video. So we'll find that out. James Smitty Smith, the uh, his website in this corner TV. 
Com. The show has been on the air for 24 years for one reason, and that is to bring you to a new level. You must do the work. We'll give you the information, but you must do the work. The website, talkdavid.com. Stay right there. You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Coast to coast every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. David Essel Alive, proud to be part of the iHeart Premier Clear Channel Radio Network. My guest right now is James Smitty Smith, host of In This Corner TV and the website is in this corner tv.com. We've been talking uh, the first half hour here about the insanity that's going on in pro sports with pro athletes making choices that are, are less than desirable. We could say that. Smitty, we're going to get into goal achievement. Who is it that you've interviewed, stars in the past, that knew at an outrageously young age that they were going to be a star athlete, a boxer, or whatever it might be? Does anyone come to mind? Oh, well, well, you know, one that would just come to mind would be kind of the obvious and, and you know, and a guy who I looked up to, was was Muhammad Ali and the way he decided. And Ali, by the way, unlike so many you know typical boxers, he was in a, raised in a middle class family in Louisville, very educated family. And uh, but you know he he it was, I think he went him and his brother Rockman went somewhere. And uh, by the way, there's a new documentary out called I Am Ali. Uh, I'm going to New to New York to do a piece on it. It comes out I think October the 10th. That but and a lot of there's a lot of cool things in it of Ali that people haven't seen. But he got his bike stolen. He went uh, you know to the library or somewhere with his brother, and they came out and their bikes were gone. He was upset, and he and he went into the police station and he says, "I want to beat up the guys who stole my bike." He was 10 years old, and the the uh, the head of the police said, "Well, why don't you come down to the police athletic league and learn how to fight before? So then you can beat the guy up." And that's how <laughs> Ali started. And the the irony though, David, is fast forward. 1971, probably about, um, I would say, uh, January, February, I'm in, in the gym with Ali. He's hitting the speed bag. I'm a little boy watching him. And you've heard this story, I think, before. But he, he looks down at me, and I'm yapping. I'm asking him about everything. How do you hit the bag? And why do you keep looking at yourself in the mirror? And why do you keep? And he's trying to train. And he finally looks down at me, and he said, Hey, little white boy, what do you want to be if you ever grow up? And I said, I want to be like Johnny Carson, because I had just watched you, Muhammad, on Johnny's show. And he said, you know what, little white boy? You will someday have your own show, because you're just like me. You never shut up. And I, as a little boy, I wrote down I was going to play pro football and then have my own uh, television show. I wrote it down. I still have it probably somewhere. My mom probably saved it. I wrote it down and I didn't become the pro football player, but I did play high school football in college. But guess what? I have my own show. And the biggest thing that bothers me right now, the biggest thing is kids today have no blueprint. They have, they don't know how to create a goal. They don't know how to, they don't know how to do it. And you know, they talk about, they want a big house. Well, how was the house made? 
It was created with a blueprint. How is the road made? You know, somebody had a blueprint. How is a bridge made? But people don't have a blueprint for their life. Nobody, I want to be rich and famous? Well, doing what? How yes. do you get there? It reminds yes. me of Mercury Morris when he showed off his Super Bowl ring when he came back you know, after prison and was showing his ring off to all the Dolphins and, you know, they weren't that good of a team at this point and they all looked and said, oh, Merck, man, I got to get a ring like, how do I get a ring like that? He said, man, you get a ring like that by going 17-0 and and winning a Super Bowl. Guys, it's not about the ring. It's what, about, it's what the ring represents. And, David, I go speak at schools now and I'm telling you, you know, nine out of ten kids, have no they say they most of them say i want to be rich and famous or but they don't the goals are lacking and we've got to get back you know to that i know we i know you wanted to frame this about fighters but it really concerns me that youngsters out there don't have goals right right well and and the difference too that even gets greater is the amount of time that our youth spends on electronic media yeah is off the chart, Smitty, which actually takes away from them dreaming to be that that star football player, basketball player, baseball player, or fill-in-the-blank, whatever it might be. So I, I think that there are some missing links here. That it, And it's not going to be the school systems that will make it up, that's for sure. Yeah. It's going to have to be people like you and I having these conversations, parents listening and going, you know, they're right. We've really got to help these kids redirect their energy into something more positive so that they can make a difference once they do graduate, if they do graduate. Um, the next question, so we have Muhammad Ali as a young boy knowing he wanted to do it. Then let's talk about Kenny Norton, Jr., because um, or Kenny Norton, because Kenny Norton came out of the Navy. Now, w- w- was he a boxer before he went into the Navy, or did he? Pick no, it up I, in I the... think Kenny boxed in the Navy. Yeah, he, you know it's funny you're mentioning him because he. Pa- we just had the anniversary of his one year death, and I uh, remember when we did the show with him, we talked about all, all of this, and he and he was just a real muscular, tremendous athlete. Boxed in the Navy and came out, and you know uh, had a tremendous physique and a. Uh, and I had a very awkward style, uh, but that awkward style would give uh, the guy we just mentioned, Muhammad Ali, fits. In fact, you know, he, he beat Ali and broke his jaw. They would have two more legendary battles. Uh, he couldn't deal with George Foreman that well. But, uh, and then, of course, he would star in the movie Mandingo, and uh, was, actually, Kenny was a great guy. But, no, Kenny was a guy who really, again, uh, quite different than your typical impoverished fighter who you know was fighting to typically fighters fight to survive they fight to escape and then they end up fighting to exist i mean boxing david i i, I read this recently is is both an obsession and a reminder having to do with a man's uh, ability to, to survive and defend himself against the savages lurking within him and eventually to best himself and it. If you can put all right. that together, fighters at their core, that's why I call them the most common and uncommon of all athletes, but there are guys like Kenny Norton and like Muhammad Ali who are, are not the guys like a Manny Pacquiao who literally had to go that direction in his mind just to be able to figure out how to get food for his family, uh, you know, and, and so a different, different course there. Yeah, now let's let's go to Manny. Now here's a, here's a kid that, and I remember you mentioned this one of the last times we had you on. But was it like at eight years of age he started selling things or younger in order to be the primary breadwinner in his family? Yeah, he would go out in the streets of the Philippines and sell anything he could, and and he finally found a gym and realized he could fight. 
I uh, didn't let his mom know because she wouldn't have allowed him to. And, right. you know, eventually started fighting like, you know, 14, 15 years of age professionally. And the amazing thing about Manny, and I always love to remind him, I just was with him a few uh, weeks ago, and he's still the same, such a humble guy. I, I said, you know, what, what do you think about when you're walking the streets of the Philippines now and you literally can't walk the streets because you're the biggest star, you're a congressman, but yet, you know, if you go back 30 years, you were the little boy in those streets begging. He says... Yeah, only in, and that's why he's so respectful of the sport because uh, you know he attributes that to boxing and more importantly you know his God and uh, uh, that's an amazing turnaround. You talk about a guy yes. who is walking the, the little boy in the streets now the biggest star on the street and in the country. Right. Yes, Smitty. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was boxers and or other athletes you've interviewed that have actually left the sport on time. <laughs> wow that, that you know what you know what we would be it would be marvelous marvin Hagler is a great one his final okay. fight was against sugar ray leonard and a fight that's very controversial leonard won a, a decision i thought leonard stole the fight and won it uh by outboxing marvin marvin was very bitter and he quit and he never fought again and and uh there's also another guy he's no longer with us but floyd mayweather my buddy's trying to equal his uh mark in a couple of fights his name was Rocky Marciano. He quit sure. at 49 and 0. Unfortunately, not so many years later, a plane crash would uh, take down the rock forever, but 49 and 0. There's another great example of a guy, you know, who quit. Jim Brown quit at the height of his uh, uh, career, you know, in the National Football, in football. League, he, and, and you know, and he knew that his time had come. My good friend Paul Warfield and my mentor, Paul mm. told me he was slowing down and it was time and he wanted to go out on top. Very rare that we can hear about athletes that have made that move before it's been too late. We're talking to James Smitty Smith, his website, InThisCornerTV.com. We're going to come back and wrap up our interview with Smitty in just a few moments. I'm David Essel. Stay there. You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Every Saturday for the past 24 years, we have been here helping you, bringing you the top guests in the world, like James Smitty Smith, the host of the... Very, very famous and popular 10-year running In This Corner TV. And the website is InThisCornerTV.com so that you can learn from these experts and help you to make better decisions in life to achieve what it is you desire. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. Our website, TalkDavid.com. Smitty, when you think about all of these people that you've interviewed, did any of them ever talk about plans, like their goals, that they set a goal and they they decided to do X amount of training per day to achieve what they wanted to? Did any of them talk about using affirmations or visualization, as we know today, can be so powerful in helping them to achieve goals? You know, it's amazing that we know that fear can be paralyzing but a lot of the guys that i had on would talk about the feel the fear of failure they were really scared to fail 
and they 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 realized they they really did not want to fail and they would overcompensate you know for that and even when they like Hank Aaron who became I still think he's the home run king because we think you know we all believe Barry Bonds had a little help um you know he talked about even when he made it he he would study even harder or longer or whatever because he you know, so because he just wanted to to be better. When a little doubt would creep in, with all the great athletes, we all they all have this great confidence in it. But there's always that fear, that doubt, that and, it, and it's usually within, and maybe it's something within themselves where they. But that's what makes you know has made so many of them great uh, was the fear of not making it. But uh, so many of the guys that I you know I, I remember even Emmett Smith, the great running back, saying. He sure. was one of the ones who, who's this big believer like I am and write it down and make it happen. Write down, I want to make the high school football team. I want to rush for 1,000 yards. I want to play football at Florida. And you know what? Uh, getting off track again, I want to bring something up that maybe your audience would love to hear about. It's about three guys in Fort Myers, Florida in the 80s that have done pretty damn good. One of them is me. Another guy was, uh, I walked into this place called the Olympiad, and there was this good-looking Bon Jovi-esque guy doing aerobics. And I said, <laughs> this damn guy is so motivational. He's so, he's so much better than just what he's doing with teaching how to train is the way he does it, and he cares. His name was David Essel. And there was another guy <laughs> named Diamond Dallas Page, who I met at <laughs> Norma right. Jean's Cafe because he was a sponsor of my show. He says, Smitty, I want to be a wrestling manager and a wrestler. How do I do it? I said, well, I got Captain Lou and Sergeant Slaughter coming on the radio show in a few weeks. He, I said, come on on. He said, well, what am I going to do? I said, fake it. When in doubt, fake it. Create a character and come on, and I'll set it up. And he did it. He did a brilliant job. After that, I said, put together a little video. And because Paige had the ability to have beautiful women around him and a couple of midgets that he knew, he put together a right. video. Right. I love the video. I sent it to the AWA. Four weeks later, he's on television managing a wrestling manager. Now he's gone on to become a top wrestler in yoga. Three guys within yeah. this tiny little you know, five-mile radius named, uh, named James Smith, Diamond Dallas Page, and David Essel, and we're still kicking ass, going strong in our 50s. <laughs> Smitty, your goal now is what? what? What is it that you would like to see your career transform into? Well, the, you know, I, I've never been one to, to, to think money. I'm trying to monetize everything I've done with the last <laughs> 25 years, my 60 shows. Every time I want to quit, a fighter will come up to me. I had a young fighter, Daniel Jacobs, who beat cancer and won the middleweight championship a month ago. And he said, when can I be on your show, man? A fighter knows he's made it in America when he gets to get inside the ring with Smitty. So that made me, that's pretty humbling. Oh. But I think what I'd like to do now is tell the stories of not just fighters, but of their backgrounds of where they come from, the Irish fighters, uh, you know, the Puerto Rican fighters, the Cuban fighters, the Mexican fighters, to go to dig deep and to do some documentaries. I've written a couple of sp screenplays, and, and, and I want to definitely, uh, you know, do a two or three screenplays and make them into major. I'm going through a major shift, and yes. I, I was the one who wrote it down, and I made it happen, and now it's very interesting. I don't know. We, we both have accomplished our goals, uh, uh, David. I, I've actually accomplished all the ones I, I said in that. I'm at this shifting and recreating and reinventing stage myself right now, uh, of trying to take a big deep breath and decide what is next uh 
but it, it'll, it'll be a continuation, uh, certainly, of all the things that I've learned, uh, you know, from sport and, and mainly boxing, because uh, it's been some kind of a ride being around prize fighters for the, for the yes. past 40 years. And, <laughs> and being the little boy with Ali, man, there's nothing else like that. Yeah, the little white boy who wants to be Johnny Carson. You're, you've been listening to James Smitty Smith. If you want more information on him, he has a wealth of knowledge. He has a ton of archived videos in this corner TV.com. In this corner TV.com. That one of the, the videos that I watched of Smitty there was when he interviewed Sylvester Stallone and Robert De Niro. That is just one of the many things that Smitty would be famous for. I know that this is going to be great, Smitty. The next venue for you, moving into the world of documentaries, makes so much sense. You'll be writing books. You'll be doing your screenplays. And probably most important for you to hear right now is that, yes, you will be invited back on our show. Well, that, that, that's always one of the, uh, the, the highlights, uh, for me. I thought you were going to retire me. I watched American Gigolo with Richard Gere the other day. Am I too old to be a gigolo? No! There's no such thing as being too old to be a gigolo. If that is your goal, I will help you set an action plan, Smitty. <laughs> if anybody can do it, why don't we get you, why don't we get Paige and I on together on your show? Now, that would be an interesting it. ride. Oh, it would. It would indeed. Smitty, I love having you on. Thanks so much for all of your viewpoints and, and your sharing of your the information from all the great people that you've interviewed. Well, a great deal of my success is having you as a part of my life. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, Smitty. We will do it again. James Smitty Smith, the website in this corner, TV.com. I love having this guy on. Our toll-free number, one 800 Five for a talk. I know we just have a few minutes left. We've had these people, I should say these people, our wonderful listeners emailing constantly. Uh, and, and this one just came in, and it's interesting. And it said, I really enjoy the... Nope, that was the one that just disappeared. Let me go to the next one. Uh, this, your last host brought up this whole concept of men abusing women. So here's my question for you. As a 22-year-old woman, what do you think the most important characteristic of a love relationship is? And I'm glad that you're asking this, by the way. Um, I say it's communication. My boyfriend says it's compatibility. It's neither. It is neither. And this is going to go hand in hand with what Smitty and I started out the show with, talking about athletes that are abusing women. And you know what? There's also women that abuse men, so we're not going to get on that train. But let me tell you what the number one attribute of a deep, ongoing, loving relationship is, and that is trust. Our ability to trust our partner with our life, first of all, but to be able to trust their word is the most important characteristic of a love relationship. Without a doubt, if you you can have outrageous sexual attraction, you have you can have incredible compatibility, you can have you can have the the, the moons aligned, you can look it through an astrological book and and you can see that oh this person this i'm a virgo and this scorpio is the perfect match for me or this taurus is a perfect match for me or this fill in the blank is a perfect match for me but if you do not have trust you have nothing there's nothing in the world in a love relationship that can match the importance of trust if you can't trust what they're doing, who they are, if they say they'll do one thing and do another, that's breaking of trust. If you don't have trust, you don't have anything. I don't know if you heard me yet. If you don't have trust, you have nothing.
You could have you could have a friendship, you could have a sexual relationship, you could have a lot in regards to um, being united together, but you're not going to have that deepest of love that people who are in committed relationships want. It's that simple. It is truly that simple. Several more texts coming in saying thank you so much for the explanation of the abuse in the National Football League. Well, we're not really sure if we have an explanation for it all, but we wanted to dig deeper than just saying that boy is bad, that man is bad, that woman's a victim. We wanted to go deeper than that and say why, how do these things happen? And I think we did start to open up the, the take the cover off. Uh, and, and because of this discussion, we're going to be able to help people open up their eyes to who they are and how they view men and women and success and entitlement. And the other thing I want to mention really briefly, regardless of the environment that you were raised in, regardless of how abusive, how terrible, how ridiculous, you can let that go with people who are here to help you. Hey, between now and next week, be bold, be strong, be positive. All these shows are archived at talkdavid.com. I can't wait for next week. I know you too. Have a great one.